This video is going to be pretty long. It's gonna be pretty in-depth and it's gonna be very nuanced. And I wanna preface by saying that because I want you to pay close attention because I've essentially condensed everything I know into this however long video, 40, 45 minutes. I truly believe if you listen to this closely and pay close attention and most importantly implement things that I'm saying, you could set yourself up to not have to work a normal job ever again a day in your life within three months to six months on the higher end a year and i can definitely say that because i've done it and i've experienced it myself and the purpose of me making these videos is because i want to help you do the same so let's jump into it so when i first heard about this concept called the creator economy my junior year of college in 2022 I really only had one goal in mind with writing online, creating online. It was finding a way to escape the nine to five corporate job that was looming over my head before I ever entered. And so during those two years, I committed myself and said, listen, I'm gonna basically be a shut in for two years. I'm gonna work on this online stuff. I'm gonna take courses. I'm gonna write every day. I'm gonna put all of my heart and energy into this because I know that if I can have two years of extreme discipline, it will set me up for 80 years of freedom down the line. At this time, I began to see a nine to five after college as the death of my potential, the death of my curiosity, the death of my inner child, and it scared the absolute shit out of me. So I committed myself to those two years and I vowed to find a way out before I ever got in. Now, the crazy thing is, it happened for me in only six months of massive action. And throughout this video, I'm gonna explain why. But before I get into actionable steps, I want to explain where I came from to give context about why I chose to walk this path in the first place, because I was likely very similar to you. I was studying economics at a very prestigious university after getting into the university by playing football. I was on a trajectory towards a very high paying corporate finance career. Um, I tried to work at Goldman Sachs. I made it to the last round of the interview and I didn't get in, thankfully. And a lot of these little split decisions happened that set me on this new trajectory. But at the time, my junior year of college, I was working a corporate finance internship. Um, I was convincing myself I was supposed to like it because everybody around me liked it or they said they liked it or they convinced themselves they liked it. But slowly I started to realize this is not what I want to be doing. I'm distracting myself all day. I'm sitting here like a monkey in a cubicle just typing on Excel. I'm not, I'm not being creative. I'm not striving towards my potential in any way. I'm just trying to get by. I'm trying to just get things done. And my background as a football player I couldn't live like that. I had to strive for something higher. Um, and I think that's the ultimate human pursuit is striving for something higher. And so after this corporate finance internship, um, I was at a very crazy crossroads in life. I was rehabbing a torn ACL from football uh, at Northwestern. I was either going to stay at Northwestern, keep playing football, or I was going to transfer to a division three school and play quarterback. Or the third option was stopping playing football altogether and become a normal student. And that scared the shit out of me because I didn't know who I would become. Now, what really helped with that transition was a very introspective psychedelic mushroom trip where I'm not gonna go too deep into the details in this video, but essentially I became comfortable with losing my identity 
or my ego as a football player and realizing that my potential in life could be anything I wanted, but the label of a football player or the label of a finance major or the label of an economics major was actually limiting my human potential. And that was the first step towards beginning to think outside of the box and following my curiosity. A few months later, I went and backpacked Europe instead of a corporate internship, and I was in the most free state I've ever been in as a human being. I was on a spiritual pursuit for the first time in my life. I was reading philosophy the entire time. I was journaling about everything that was happening during the trip, and I had very little obligations. And so at this point, two things happened. First, I started to gravitate towards reading and writing just naturally. Um, I was reading all the time. I was journaling and I got the idea of like, why don't I just share my thoughts with some people? Like, what am I so scared of sharing my ideas with people in my life? And so long story short, I decided to start writing a newsletter with no idea about where a newsletter could go from a business or marketing perspective. It was done simply for the pure intrinsic joy of clarifying my ideas and sharing my ideas with people. So that was the first step into the creator game for me without really knowing it. The second very important thing that happened on that trip was because I tasted that pure, like uncomparable freedom, just backpacking through Europe for three months with three pairs of clothes, a toothbrush and my computer. I saw going back to a corporate nine to five job as like the death of me. And I know I mentioned that already, but it's so true because that anti-vision fueled me and kickstarted me into the new direction. Even though I didn't know where I was going, I had something to run away from. And having something to run away from is often the greatest motivator and it's a better motivator than running towards something because oftentimes, especially at the beginning, you don't know where you're running towards. But by running away from something you fear, you end up running towards something greater, better, a higher pursuit, etc. So to sum this up, I was beginning to really follow my innate curiosity and I was beginning to go down this rabbit hole of, okay, how can I escape the nine to five? And it was at this point where I found Naval Ravikant on Joe Rogan's podcast. And from there, I started to go down this online business rabbit hole that I didn't even know existed. I found people like Dan Coe, Dickie Bush, Dakota Robertson, uh, Alex Hormozzi, etc. And the things they were talking about, like writing online, you can build a business around what you're interested in. You can control your own schedule. You don't have to work a nine to five job. It seemed like my saving grace. It seemed like I just found a, like a gem in the depths of the internet. And so now a year and a half after finding all of this stuff and seeing how it's changed my life, I was able to drop out of college. I will never work a nine to five job again in my life. Um, I have leverage where like I, I'm making money while I sleep, which is crazy to me still. Um, now I want to help those people who are in the nine to five in college, don't want to live that existence, live this creative life by becoming a creator. Before we get into what a creator actually is and how to become a sovereign creator, an autonomous creator, and make money around your curiosities and have all this freedom, I want to talk about why becoming a creator is the greatest asymmetric bet of the 21st century. So an asymmetric bet, if you've never heard the term, it's basically a bet with massive upside and very little downside. And so becoming a creator, sharing your ideas online, the upside is actually infinite, right? We have infinite leverage with the internet. So if you theoretically share one tweet, a billion people could read it. Now, what are the, not even a billion people are on Twitter, of course, but 
the point is still proven that because you start sharing your ideas on the internet, you access all of this digital leverage that anybody who doesn't use the internet to create doesn't have. And so you can start literally from zero. You can start with one tweet and you can scale as high as you want if you learn how to play the entire game. Business, writing, content, persuasion, sales, marketing, social media, it's a lot. But the only thing stopping you is you. Also, why is this an asymmetric bet? Why is there only upside and no downside? I want you to think, a lot of people are very scared to press publish. I was very scared to press publish on the first tweet I ever wrote. I had the tweet sitting there for 10 minutes and I was staring at it. And I knew I had all my college football teammates following me, all my college football coaches, all my high school friends, my family. I was like, what are they going to think of me? And I decided to just press send and I was cringing so much. And now at this point, I don't think twice before I hit publish because it's a part of my identity now. Um, And I'm less self-conscious about what other people think of me because who gives a fuck? Honestly, that's the biggest thing. If you are not posting something because you fear what other people are going to think of you, you're not a free person. That's the cold, hard truth. And so the downside to starting to create anything on the internet, whether it's writing tweets, whether it's writing a newsletter, whether it's posting a YouTube video, whether it's hosting a podcast, the only downside is the fear of not being loved or the fear of not being approved by those people in your life. For me, it was fear of judgment from high school friends and college friends. And those people that I was the most afraid of judging me they didn't give a fuck about me anyways. They're not gonna watch this video. So who cares what they think? It's so freeing to realize that. So creating in any way is the most asymmetric bet in the world right now. Next, I want to talk about this word creator, okay? Creator can often get a bad rap, right? I think for lack of a better word, it sounds a little bit cringe, right? The word creator, like I'm a content creator, it sounds cringe. So I wanna reframe it in this video. So. A creator or even an influencer, you probably think of people who become famous or entertaining by showing their lifestyle. So you can think about like people like Logan Paul or like Mr. Beast or Addison Rae and nothing against these people. They're extremely talented and extremely successful, but they've become famous for being entertaining, right? The new modern day value creator is exactly in the other direction. It's instead of monetizing your body, your looks, your personality, which is also a little bit of a part of it, or like being entertainment or funny, you can actually monetize your ideas. You can monetize your thinking. You can attract a following and have a positive impact on the world simply by sharing your ideas without having to put on some facade, influencer, TikTok personality. These creators who learn to monetize their mind and their ideas are actually more like the ancient Greek philosophers than Mr. Beast or Addison Ray, right? They're more like the individual schools of philosophy in ancient Greece, like Socrates, like Plato, like Aristotle. And these individual creators with their unique life philosophy, because that's what you're teaching, whatever you sell, it's your life philosophy in some extent is your own school of philosophy. And you can see this on the internet right now. It's already happening. So Dan Coe has his own school of philosophy called Cortex University. Hamza has his own school of philosophy called Adonis School for young men on self-improvement. 
Jordan Peterson, who was formerly a university professor and a psychologist, he's starting his own online school called Peterson University around psychology, philosophy, etc. And so you can see this shift happening where these people who are creators, Dan Coe is a creator, Hamza is a creator, Peterson is a creator, even if he wouldn't label himself as that, they're actually more like educators and teachers and philosophers than merely an entertainer. Now, if you want to go the entertainer route, I mean, by all means, go ahead. I just don't think it's a wise move in the long run. Why? So let's say on one hand, you, you try to monetize your looks or your body. That is a fragile game. That will deteriorate with time. The women or even like male fitness influencers who get famous off their bodies in their 20s and 30s, what happens when they become 40, 50, 60, right? Because they didn't monetize their ideas, their looks will fall off a cliff and they'll essentially have nothing and they'll have this loss of identity. You can also think about it as if you become famous by being entertaining and super gregarious and all of this stuff, you're going to have to progressively get more funny, more entertaining, and more audacious the longer you stay if you want to stay relevant. And so that's a very tricky game because at what point do you become the act? At what point do you actually lose yourself and sell your soul to the algorithm and to the act, right? This is why I think going the other route, monetizing your ideas, becoming a value creator, becoming a modern day philosopher and teacher and online educator is the smarter play because your ideas will only crystallize and get better with time, right? If you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, you don't know much right now. I don't know much right now, right? But if I'm playing the long game and I say, okay, I'm going to continue to read, study, and educate for the next 50 years, that's an exponential game. Your ideas compound, your thinking compounds, your influence compounds, and you don't have to sell your soul in the process. And you don't have to rely on your looks to monetize. And you don't have to rely on being entertaining. Um, you can just essentially monetize the knowledge you have in your head and serve people and teach them along the way. So this is also why I truly believe entrepreneurship and becoming a creator is entrepreneurship when you build a business off of it. It's the only logical path for actualizing your human potential. You cannot self-actualize in a cubicle. You cannot become your highest self in a literal box, a literal and a metaphorical box. There is a literal and metaphorical built-in ceiling on how high you can go. You wait on a, a boss for a promotion. You hope to get it every one or two years. You have a confined, narrow career. But as a creator, when you are the niche, when nobody can replace what you do, you can self-actualize holistically across all domains and you actually need to to progress. All business problems, all creator problems are actually internal problems. The world is just a mirror. And so progressing as a creator, progressing with your ideas, progressing in business, it's all internal personal development and it sets you on this trajectory to actualize your potential across all domains instead of confining yourself to I'm gonna be an accountant for the next 30 years, right? You cannot self-actualize, you cannot reach your highest potential as a human being, pigeonholing yourself into a role like that. All human beings in their natural state are deeply multifaceted and multidimensional. A human being who actually reaches his potential is extremely multidimensional, but a human being that gives up on his potential settles for comfort, stability, mediocrity, and a bi-weekly paycheck.
Anyone who has reached their potential in society has done so by actually breaking out of the narrow confines that society told them since they were a kid that they should be in. A couple examples that come to mind. Jordan Peterson was a psychology professor and a clinical psychologist for many, many years. And he broke out of the societal confines to become a YouTuber, essentially, and a public figure and a thought leader because he decided to take a risk and a leap by posting his lectures from school to YouTube. You can also think of somebody like Jeff Bezos. He was a very highly paid corporate worker um, and up until the point he was 30. And he decided to take a massive leap and a massive risk and start Amazon, which started as a book business from his kitchen table in the mid 1990s when the internet was a massive question mark. And so those are just two examples of people that we look at and we say, that person is self-actualizing in progress. He is literally at the edge of his potential and they only reached that because they were willing to step out of the box that society told them that they should be in. Now off this theme of doing your own thing, let's bring this full circle to being a creator. So as a creator, you are the bottleneck. There is no boss or superior telling you to put in a project, to show up at this time, to complete this task by this date. You have to push into the unknown yourself, become a higher version of yourself, and learn to make progress. A harsh truth about being any type of creator is that the only bottleneck in your progression is actually you. You are the bottleneck. Your lack of skill, your limiting beliefs, your flawed character traits, your lack of perspective, your lack of wisdom, etc., your lack of focus, discipline, consistency. Becoming a creator and setting a goal reveals the flaws or the chinks in your character traits that you must uncover. And it's not until you take control of your life, become a creator, and pursue self-directed goals that these character flaws or lack of skills comes full circle and shows themselves to you. But the positive of being a creator is that your upside is unlimited. As long as your mind is open and you're very curious and your desire is sufficient, there are actually no limits to where you can go. The only limits are the ones you place on yourself. And so if you have an open mind, you're curious and you're very hungry and ambitious, you could take it as far and as high as you want it. Now, with this massive upside, with this massive, massive possible potential, there also comes a massive responsibility. You are in complete control of your fate. You are solely responsible for how far you want to stretch your potential in business, in your ideas, and as a person. You will only reach your potential in life and as a creator by continuously living at your edge and being comfortable at that edge. You will only progress in entrepreneurship or business by living at your edge and being comfortable at the edge. Personal growth and creator growth and business growth are not separate entities. They are deeply interconnected. The next piece I wanna to touch on is saturation in the creator space. Now, a hesitation for many people to join the online world and step into the arena and go from consumer to creator is fear of saturation. So from the outside, it looks like there are thousands and millions of people creating content, all fighting for attention, etc. And while it is true to some extent, I want you to conduct a thought experiment right now with me. 
Think of the people in your life from your hometown, from your high school, from your college, from your job, from wherever, from your city, from wherever you live, the people you know in real life. Now ask yourself, how many of them are actually creators? How many of them are posting content? How many of them are posting YouTube videos, podcasts, writing? My guess is it's not going to be that many. For me, out of the couple thousand people I probably know outside of the online space, I know maybe three to five people who are doing something related to content. And they're very new to it. Most people have tried, some people have tried, a few, and they give up after a month or two. And so by actually just staying in the game and sticking it out, you are playing a game where not as many people are actually competing as you think. So say 1% of society is creating and 99% is consuming and 99% is going the common trajectory of nine to five job, uh, climb the corporate hierarchy, etc. Which game is actually more competitive, right? Is it the game that 99% of people are all playing with the same resumes and the same goals and aspirations? Or is it the 1% of society who's playing a different game, a positive sum game where everybody can win, right? There's less competition in this game and it's a positive sum game because you don't have to be above anybody else in the hierarchy. Everybody can have their own spot in the hierarchy. And one little side note is if you're a guy watching this or a girl watching this, and just to be frank, if you're a young white dude watching this and you want to go the conventional path, the odds are incredibly stacked against you. Companies don't want to hire you. Companies don't want to promote you. They don't want you to be in positions of authority, DEI, inclusion, all this stuff. While it's done with the right intentions, it's limits your potential and your ability to stand out. You are the worst demographic group for climbing the ladder and becoming successful right now in those jobs because everybody's out to get you. And so if you want to stand out and create your own career, I can't think of a better way to do it than going your own path, saying screw the conventional path and pursuing something in this creator economy. Now, if you're watching this and you're already creating, or if you're even aware of the creator economy, you're actually much further ahead than you think. You're at the tail end of the bell curve. You're operating at the edge of a new frontier. And to show you that this is true, I'm gonna put up a graphic on the screen here um, of a Google Trends search that I did a few weeks ago. So I compared three terms in the Google Trends search. It was online business, make money online and the creator economy. And if you look at this chart, you see the red line at the top is online business. The yellow line is make money online and the blue line at the bottom is creator economy. And as you can see, the terms online business and make money online both have at least 50 times to 100 times the search quantity of the creator economy. So this is proof that the creator economy is in its infancy. The concept has not yet hit the mainstream. It's been around for maybe 10 years, whereas the concepts of online business and making money online have been around a little bit longer and they're more common, right? I've asked a lot of people in my real life or I tell them that I'm in the creator economy and they don't know what that is. I have to explain it to them. So the space is not as saturated as you think. It's in its infancy. And there's a Naval quote to sum this up where he says, eventually everybody will be in the creator economy. So if you start now, 2024, by the time it's 2025, 6, 2030, 2040, everybody is going to be eventually pivoting into this online space with digital resumes. And by starting now, you are gonna be way ahead because you're at the new frontier. 
The last piece I want to talk about before we actually get into step-by-step protocols of how to become a full-time creator in six months is reframing risk. So I would actually argue that the conventional safe path, going the nine to five, working the career, is more risky in the modern world than taking the unconventional path in the creator economy, because like I said, everybody's already playing the same game, right? If everybody's playing the same game, it's harder to stand out and win. I also wanna reframe risk as, what is the greater risk to your future self? Now, this is a framework I use a lot of time. It's like the death deathbed framework. And so when I'm making a decision or I'm scared of taking a new step into the unknown or I'm pursuing something new, I adopt the perspective of my 85-year-old self. And I, I think in that moment, if I was looking back on my life, what would be the bigger regret? Would it be playing it safe and never trying to chase my potential? Or would it be trying something new, living on the edge and going on the adventure of my life? To me, the biggest risk is not taking a risk at all. And the downsides in the modern world are not as bad as you think. I've always told myself, if the creator stuff doesn't work out or if it takes longer than I expected, I could always get a job as an Uber driver. I could always DoorDash. I could always become a waiter or a bartender and just make ends meet and stay in the arena and vow to not quit until I made it work. And if you adopt that mindset, you you cannot lose. You only lose in this game if you quit. So on that note, if you want to work with, with me one-on-one to build the foundation of your brand, your content strategy, and your business with a profitable offer, I'm launching a 30-day sprint curriculum where I'm condensing everything I know into a one-month program where I'm going to work with you one-on-one to build the foundation for the rest of your life and your life's work. So if you're interested in that, click the link in the description called The Creator Catalyst. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'd love to work together. There are eight spots left in the program. So now let's talk about how to actually go from $0 to becoming a full-time creator in six months. So the first step to becoming a full-time creator is learning to monetize or make money off of a skill. And so unless you have previous experience in something like consulting, personal training, or sales, or a role like that, the best option in my eyes and what I've done is choosing a modern high value freelance skill to study, learn, implement, and eventually sell. So some options for you are ghostwriting, copywriting, web design, video editing, short form animations, etc. You can look up what are the modern freelance skills right now and you can pick one that aligns with your natural curiosities so that you could shortcut that learning curve. And I want to make two points of emphasis here. One, aligning a skill with your natural curiosities. If you're not curious about it, it's going to be hell to learn it, right? I chose ghostwriting as this monetizable high value skill because I already liked writing. I was already doing it for myself. And so I was able to shortcut that learning curve with my curiosity. The second piece, and this is important for monetizing and being able to do this full time, is a high value skill. So a high value skill is one that you can charge $2,000 to $5,000 a month to sign one client. And that way, say you're a ghostwriter, the standard rate is about $2,000 a month if you have the scale and you're competent. You can sign two people and you can completely replace your income and go all in. So high value skill and one that aligns with your natural curiosities. To go far in this game, you need curiosity. 
intrinsic motivation will outlast external motivation every single day of the week. So choose a skill that piques your interest. And this doesn't have to be your set career path for life. This isn't corporate America where you need to pigeonhole yourself into a career for 40 years. This is the creator economy. You're a personal brand. You're allowed to pivot. You're allowed to be multidimensional. You're a human being. The creator economy is a more accurate representation of being a dynamic, multidimensional human being than working a corporate job with one set role for your entire life. And just a side note, all the creators ahead of you, the ones you look up to, Dan Coe, Taylor Simmons, Dickie Bush, those names like that, they started off with a freelance skill and then they pivoted out of it because they're personal brands. Dan Coe started as a web designer. Taylor Simmons started as a ghostwriter. Uh, Dickie Bush started as a ghostwriter, right? And they understood that that skill was not their end goal. The skill was the stepping stone to eventually pivot. So you need to get your foot in the arena, monetize a skill and begin skill stacking to make yourself irreplaceable in this digital economy. Next, once you've chosen a skill, you want to prioritize reps, volume, and learning. So once you've chosen a skill, it's time to start practicing it. You can only improve at a skill through volume and repetition. You can't actually learn a skill by only reading about it or watching YouTube videos about it. You need to actually practice in the real world with a real project to improve. So start working on the skill yourself. Let's take the example again of a ghostwriter. If you want to be a ghostwriter, you should adopt the identity of what a ghostwriter would do on a normal basis. You should start writing for an hour or two hours a day about your own interest and trying to learn how to grow your account. If you're a ghostwriter and you don't know how to grow your account, how can you expect anybody else to hire you to grow their account? You need to do it for yourself first and then you can sell it to somebody else. If you're a web designer, build yourself a website. Use that as the proof that you can do it and then pitch your services to other people. And another thing to note here at the beginning is that even though you might not see a massive ROI on the work, you might write a bunch of Twitter posts and not see growth. You might build a bunch of websites and not see any clients. The real ROI is the person you become by doing the work. The real ROI is the skill set you're building that will eventually pay you down the line. After you've chosen a skill and you start repping it, now it's time to ask for free or low ticket work. So once you start repping the skill and you feel your skill level as at least up to par for beginner standards, you want to start getting real world experience working for somebody else. So this is how you'll get feedback, improve your craft and increase your luck surface area for possible referrals and full time work down the line. So what you can do is you can make a list of people you might eventually want to work with. So this is also called a CSV. So if you're a web designer, target creators that don't have personal websites, make a list of all of them and then send them DMs, ask for free work, offer them to build them a free site. Um, ask if they know anybody else that might be interested in the skill. Maybe they take you on as a freelancer once you show you have competency and you can actually improve their business and generate them more money. For me, originally at the start when I was doing ghostwriting, I became friends with a bunch of ghostwriting agency owners via the DMs, calls, and using my podcast as a networking tool. And so one of them wanted help with some client work and he had an agency that he needed writers for. And so what he did is he offered me 
the opportunity to write Twitter threads for his agency for $50 a piece on any topic. The point here is you will increase your odds of getting lucky by taking massive action. The next piece after you learn a skill is networking. So in life, and especially on social media, your network is your net worth. Social media is a social network. The creators with the strongest networks are the one with the most followers, the most influence, and the highest income. So networking is arguably the most important skill in the game. So the question is, how do you actually go about networking? And the first lesson is to unlearn anything you know about networking from the LinkedIn corporate roboting days of being in college and just trying to send very generic messages to jobs and companies like that, right? On platforms like X and Instagram, when you're connecting with other individual human beings, you don't want to present yourself as some type of corporate robot. It will turn people off. You wanna just be like a human being. You want to message somebody like you would message a friend or message a group chat with all of your high school homies. You will go farther and make more connections just treating it as being a normal human being, connecting with another human being, than trying to put on some facade or some mask or some pre some prestigious persona um, to try to fit some mold that you made up in your head. You just want to be authentic. It'll take you the farthest. The next piece is to leverage audio to build your network. So audio is one of the most underrated forms for networking, right? When we hear another human being talk, we feel like we know them at a level deeper than if we were just messaging them in the DMs. So a couple ideas you could do are hopping on Twitter spaces. This is a great way to exchange audiences, connect with those ahead of you, and build really intimate relationships. You can also start a podcast from the start. You don't need a fancy recording studio. You literally need Zoom or Google Meet. If I could attribute any success I've had over the past year to anything, it's starting a podcast because it increased my buying power of who I could actually connect with. And so how did this, how did this look? When I was starting, I had about a thousand followers from football, etc. I was able to hop on calls for an hour to 90 minutes with creators with 20 to 50,000 followers because I had a podcast. If I tried to get them on a call, it would have been very unlikely that we would have actually been able to connect. But because I had a podcast and it was a tool to have leverage where you record that conversation one time and it lives on forever, it gave those people an incentive to work with me and to hop on a call with me and to answer questions. And we developed the friendship. And down the line, many of those podcast guests became business partners, really close friends, and really valuable assets in my network. The last piece is hopping on calls with creators across niches. And I want to emphasize across niches. So Oftentimes what a beginner creator will do is they will pigeonhole themselves into a set niche, right? You adopt this identity of a copywriter or a, a fitness coach. And so you don't think to connect with anybody doing anything else. Now, what I would recommend is keeping your identity small and connecting with anybody across every single niche, right? Say you're a fitness guy, connect with a psychology account, connect with uh, self-improvement, connect with the meditation, spirituality, mindset, copywriting, sales, marketing. By doing that, you'll create this holistic understanding of the space and create this network that is very multidimensional where you have a little bit of traction in all of these different pockets of the internet. It's extremely powerful to hop on calls with people across niches. 
The next piece in regard to networking is commenting and engaging on the timeline. So initially you want to do this a lot to leverage the mere exposure effect in psychology, which essentially states the more a subject is exposed to a neutral stimulus, the more they will gravitate towards liking it. So by showing up repeatedly in comment, in comment sections, becoming a familiar face, people will start to remember you and you'll become known and they will gravitate towards liking you just through sheer familiarity. One key thing to note when commenting, again, is to not be a corporate LinkedIn robot. You wanna be a human being. You also don't want to just agree with what anybody is saying. You want to give some type of nuanced perspective or share your personal experience with the topic that they talked about, right? A really good framework to use whenever you're commenting is just starting your comment with, this reminds me of the time when I, etc. That way, your comment is sticking out because you're sharing your unique personal experience. So the third step after you learn a skill and you start building a network is to grow. So to gain authority and social proof on social media and open up opportunities, build traffic, and eventually monetize yourself instead of a skill, you need a growing audience. So you don't need an audience to monetize. I've seen creators monetize with like 100 followers and make over $10,000 a month, but growing will make it significantly easier to monetize and also pivot down the line. So how do you grow? The first step is paid growth. So this is where things can get touchy. People at the start don't want to implement any type of paid growth strategy because they have some type of moral high ground or superiority complex. But I want you to run through this thought experiment. When a company advertises on a TV channel, on a commercial, they are paying to get in your awareness, right? Let's say Coca-Cola advertises for an NFL game. They are not making anybody buy their product, but they are increasing the buyer's potential awareness to buy their product, right? The buyer still has to make the autonomous decision to buy the product. Same thing could be said for paying for any type of growth. If you're on X, it's paying for a retweet. If you're on Instagram, it's paying for a story share. If you're on LinkedIn, it's paying for a comment. By leveraging a bigger creator's audience, just having them repost your tweet without shouting you out, a potential follower will be able to become aware of your content without being told to follow you. And so it's still self-directed you are just increasing the surface area of awareness for your brand. This is extremely powerful. And if you know anything about marketing or advertising, you see it as necessary. Some other options you can do to grow are one-to-one -one deals with other creators. So if you have a thousand followers, find another couple creators with a thousand followers and just say, hey, you wanna grow, I wanna grow. Do you wanna exchange posts that we can reshare to our network to help each other grow, right? You can do this for a couple months and then after a few months, you kind of rotate out, you've exhausted each other's audiences and you can find new creators as you pivot up the game. You can also start engagement groups and being the one to start an engagement group will give you a lot more buying power than just hoping to be added to one. So what does this look like? Say you're a creator who has about 500 followers, right, on X. You find some friends who have around the same amount of followers as you and you ask them to join an engagement group, right? Now you have four to five people who all have 500 followers. Now you have a valuable asset. Now you can reach out to a creator with a thousand followers 
and ask them to join, right? They want to grow. It helps them. They're going to say, yes, you get a couple creators with a thousand followers. Now you have an even more valuable asset. Now you can ask a creator with 2000, 3000, 5000, and you can kind of network your way up in the game by taking initiative and being the leader and embracing the responsibility of starting a, a networking group because nobody wants to be the one to start it, but everybody wants to be in them. And so you will be rewarded massively if you are the one to take initiative. The final and most important piece of how to grow is writing or posting viral worthy content. So even if you buy all the paid reposts, you make all the one-to-one -one deals with creators and you start all the engagement groups, if your writing and your content sucks, it does not matter. So you need to learn the fundamentals of social media writing and persuasion. Um, I would recommend just watching podcasts on the topic, dissecting creators' posts, and relentlessly writing every single day. But if you want a more nuanced one-on-one -on -one approach, I'm teaching the fundamentals of social media writing and growing on social media in my one-on-one -on -one program next month called the Creator Catalyst. So if you wanna work with me one-on-one -on -one to develop your content strategy, write viral worthy topics and build a profitable offer, click the link in the description below the Creator Catalyst to check out the landing page. So why do you want to grow? A, perceived authority. So it's a fact of human nature that we perceive others with status as being more authoritative. So there are psychology studies which are mind-blowing where they show a security guard on the street in their security uniform and the security guard will go tell a citizen like step on that line on the street or like step on this crack and people will blindly comply because they perceive that person as being an authority. Now, what's funny is the person was not even a security guard, they were just wearing the uniform. So what does this speak to? It speaks to the fact of human nature that we perceive those with perceived social status or authority as more competent. And so growing will help prove your authority and raise your perceived authority with potential creators, potential followers, and potential customers. The next piece of why you should want to grow is traffic via advertising. So to sell a product or a service to monetize, to monetize your skill or yourself, you need traffic, which is people, and an offer. Those are the two things of the value equation. That's all you need. Now, classic marketing techniques, like, like we talked about with Coca-Cola with an advertisement, they will pay or target specific people for advertising. So to sell anything, you need to advertise. Advertising actually comes from the Latin word advertisere, I believe it is, and all it means is to be made aware. So people need to be made aware of you and your stuff before they can ever buy anything from you. So to increase the traffic part of that sales equation, remember we have traffic and offers, to increase the traffic part of that equation, we need more people. Growing an audience, growing an organic audience through content is the best way to build traffic to your eventual offer. Now, once you have traffic, you're growing, you have a network you're building in real time and you're building the skill, which we should be doing all three of these every day. Now you just need to craft an offer to your audience's pain points or their desires to monetize and become a full-time creator. So if you can grow an audience and you can craft offers, there's no cap to your earning potential. You can scale to literally infinity. There's no ceiling. Remember, the bottleneck is you. The fourth and final step here, remember we have learn a skill, network, grow. Now it's time to monetize. So 
The first step towards monetization is offer creation. So when creating your offer around your skill and your unique expertise, it's better to be flexible and adapt the offer to the unique prospect based on their unique problems and pain points, which you can just find out by asking them questions in the DMs or asking them questions on a call. The more you can tailor your offer to their specific needs, the higher the likelihood it is that they will actually sign on as a client. So you want to adopt the identity and think of yourself as an actual plumber, someone who can go in and identify the holes in someone's business and use your specific knowledge to fill or plug those holes. This is why it's crucial to learn all of these modern skills, but especially marketing, sales, writing, branding, and social media, which I'm all teaching in my program, The Creator Catalyst. The next piece with monetization is offer stacking. So to create an offer so good that a prospect can't say no, you need to stack the offer with added value. So ask yourself, what else can I throw into the offer to drive the perceived value up? Could it be weekly calls? Could it be 24 seven access to you? Could it be guest speakers? Could it be free bonuses, additional courses, lifelong access to a community, et cetera? You wanna get creative here and add as much value to the offer to make it so good that a prospect essentially can't say no. For example, in my situation, since I started as a ghostwriter and then I pivoted to performance coaching, I could actually layer the skills on top of each other to create a more enticing offer of brand consulting and performance coaching together rather than just having them independent. So to do this, to stack skills, to stack your offer, you need to be a relentless learner, you need to study skills across disciplines, and you need to take action on projects before you are ready. The last and final piece is risk reversals and guarantees. So another way to make an offer so good that people can't say no is to add a risk reversal or a guarantee to minimize the perceived risk for a prospect. So examples could include something like, if you don't lose 20 pounds in 30 days, we will refund you your money and we'll work with you for free until you lose 20 pounds. Or you could have, I'll work with you for free until you hit X amount of dollars. Or if you don't make your money back in 90 days, we'll completely refund you, right? When offering these risk reversals or guarantees, just be sure that what you're offering and what your guarantee is, is realistic and you're competent enough in your skill set to get people results. So with focus and consistency, you can really go from $0 to full-time creator in six months. I just outlined the path, learn a skill, build a network, grow, and learn to monetize and create offers and you can go from $0 to full-time creator in three to six months if you are diligent, focused, and have a sufficient desire. So you know what you need to do now that all that's left to do is take action. So if you made it to the end, thank you for watching. I know this was a long one, a lot of information here to digest and munch on, but the key thing, like I said, is taking action. So if you're curious to work with me one-on-one -on -one to build the foundation of your brand, grow your audience and build a profitable offer in 30 days and also gain access to a lifetime community of creators that will probably be launching Black Friday this year, rough target, consider joining the Creator Catalyst. Um, we'll be working together one-on-one. -on -one. We have guest speakers like Dan Coe, Taylor Simmons, Connor Widmire, Glenn Speakman. We'll be talking one-on-one -on -one every week, 24-7 in the Telegram chats, etc. So um, there are two people in already at the time of this recording. There are eight spots left. It's gonna close on February 29th. If you're curious, check out the link in the description and I hope to see you inside. If not, 
no worries. Thank you for watching. Uh, if you could like this video, if you could comment, if you could subscribe to the channel, if you could share it with a friend that's interested, that you're like, hey man, this creator stuff is interesting. You wanna go in on it together? I would highly recommend. I started this with a friend um, because of a video like very similar to this, sent it to him and said, you wanna try this together. And 17 months later, my life has completely changed. So with that, thank you. I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day and I will see you in the next video.